Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. So uh, we're going to look at two letters tonight, and the reason we're combining two of them is that uh, Paul wrote them to the same place. We call them First and Second Thessalonians because they were written to a church in a place that's called Thessalonica. It's still a current city today, and it's been around for 2,000 years, so it's kind of an old place. And, and uh, Paul talks a lot in these letters about the future. Here's kind of the situation. He had gone to Thessalonica just a couple years after he left Galatia, which we studied last week. And he preached the gospel, talked about how God had sent Jesus to die for their sins, and a bunch of people believed. But he could only stay there for about a month because his presence was causing riots. And so he had to leave and go somewhere else. But uh, really, the church was very strong. Uh, if in Galatians we see a Paul that is very angry, in Thessalonians we see a Paul that's pretty well content and it's for good reason. The church was doing well, but they just had this one weird problem, and that's that they had some strange ideas about the future. And whether it was because they were just curious or because a lot of their friends and family had maybe already died, they were thinking a lot about the return of Jesus, which is great, but they started to have some weird beliefs about when's it going to go down and how's it going to happen, kind of like you see in our world today. And Paul knows full well that how we live in the present is going to be impacted by how we, uh, how we view the future. And so he writes both of these letters, First and Second Thessalonians, so that these people will hold on to hope because their lives were not easy. Another reason why some of them were talking so much about the future is because being Christians was causing them to be persecuted. And so they're looking at this going, is there something at the end that's going to make our present sufferings worth it? And so Paul writes both of these letters, first, second, first Thessalonians, and then just a short time later, as a response to their response, Second Thessalonians. And in both of them, he focuses our attention on the return of Christ and the hope that we have so that we might see the future properly and live in the present well. So lean in. And listen, as we talk about surrendering to, to the change by being faithful in the present in light of the future. Always nice to walk out to applause. That was gorgeous. Good evening. How's everybody doing? Good. I love the fantastic. Thanks for that. Well, my name is Zach. If you haven't uh, met before, I'm just super excited to be here. I'm glad I get to talk to you guys about First and Second Thessalonians. So let's start. Let's drag right into the text. So if you have uh, the sacred sacred text of uh, Dr. Seuss, let's pull it out, and we're going to turn to the chapter Horton Hears a Hatches an Egg, and we're going to. Re- I'm just kidding. But we are going to talk about Horton Hears or Hatches the Egg. I'm sorry. And I know Sam said he read this story to you guys already. And so I know, I mean, it's kind of a kid book. I do teach elementary, so we won't spend too much time here, but it is just a great, great message. So let's review very quickly. We'll get on with this. But uh, and Horton hatches the egg. You know, there's this bird. She's a mom. She's hatching the egg. She's discontent. She decides she wants to fly away. She ropes Horton here into hatching the egg. Horton stays on the egg. And then it just proceeds to be this horrible time. Things get bad. You know, he's on this egg for like over a year. The snow comes. The rain comes. I mean, things are getting worse and worse. And then if, if things aren't bad enough, then his friends come. They start making fun of him. They can't believe Horton is saying here on this egg. They tell him to abandon it. 
Then he gets kidnapped. He gets taken away. Uh, they, they put him in a circus. They're watching this elephant trying to hatch this egg. And this goes on and on and on. And, and, and finally at the end, Horton is released after the egg is hatched and turns out to be an elephant slash bird mix. But um, the one thing I really love about this book is, is a, a line that Horton just says over and over and over again. He said, I meant what I said and I said what I meant. An elephant's faithful 100%. And I love that line. I love that line. I meant what I said and I said what I meant. An elephant's faithful 100%. And it reminds me of some words that we all got up in front of the church, or many of us did. Maybe it was recently, maybe it was a long time ago. We got up in front of this church and we said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I take him as my personal Lord and Savior. And I want to ask you, did you mean what you said? Did you say what you mean? And are you willing to live that 100%? Because the truth is, a lot of times in our culture, people aren't faithful with that. They say it as like uh, an insurance policy. They get up there and they say it thinking, you know what? Life is, is hard. And just in case things get bad, I want to make sure I'm on good terms with that big guy. Just in case. You know, because I don't want to get stuck out there in a bad spot and not have some sort of a relationship. It's like insurance for your car. I'm a good driver. I mean, I've, I've never been in a wreck. I haven't had a speeding ticket in, in like 12 years. And, but I still have insurance. Just, just in case. Just in case. There's an entire term they've invented called Christian, agnostic Christianity about people who have accepted Jesus just in case. They believe that God is real, but they're not living for him every day. And that's what I want to challenge you guys today. That faithfulness of living every day. See, as the video talked about, Paul was writing to the Thessalonians, and they were very worried about the future. They were worried about the end times, what would happen, and, and how things would, would go down and shake out, and they're worried. And if we read the text, we're going to find out that their lives were hard, like Michael talked about. Their lives were hard. And they read through this, and they're reading through this text, and they began to wonder, is it really all worth it? And as I read through it, I kind of had two same questions. You know, is this worth it? I mean, that's the question I would ask. Why? Why should I be faithful? And how? How is it that I can be faithful? And the easy thing to really is we're going to start with, with the how, because that's, that's much easier to answer than the why. Because honestly, if I ask you guys right now to write down a list with your small group leaders of all the ways we're faithful to God, I bet your list would look a lot like the list in First and Second Thessalonians. Because it's pretty common stuff. I mean, you guys have been here long enough, you know. Right? I bet high on your list you would have uh, prayer. Right? I mean, prayer. That's pretty important. We know that. We've been doing it since bedtime prayers. We know prayers are important. Paul mentions prayer. And uh, we're going we're gonna to split this text up quick. It's like a salad shooter. I don't know if you guys are, have ever seen a salad shooter. Man, when I was a kid, there was a salad shooter. It was pretty awesome. You, you had this like 
thing and it had a blade in there and you'd stick the vegetables in there and it would like spin and chop them and like spit them out. It was really awesome. We're going to salad shoot this text, meaning we're just going to run through First and Second Thessalonians and chop up little bits of it and be able to take a look at it. And if you want to delve deeper and really dig, uh, Sam has my notes and he passes on to your small group leaders as well. So you guys can really dig deeper in there and see what it's all about. But for today, we're just going to breeze through it. In 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 6, Paul outlines to pray, but not only to pray, but in our prayers to give thanks. Guys, we are incredibly, incredibly blessed. One of my favorite websites is Global Rich List. And if you haven't been there, you should check it out. I'm a teacher. I don't make a lot of money. You guys know how much teachers make. It's not on the high scale. Guess what? I am in the top 2% of richest people in the world. I'm incredibly blessed. I have a healthy family. I am so incredibly blessed. And God reminds us to not only pray but to give thanks. We are blessed. We are incredibly blessed. He also lists in 1 Thessalonians 4 that it's our job, uh, one of the things that uh, is faithfulness looks like is to please God. Oh, guys, we know this list. I mean, we could pull up any text from... 1 Corinthians to Romans to, to even in First and Second Thessalonians about ways to please God, right? We know those things. We know the things that make God happy. My wife and I, we have been married now 15 years this May. That's an accomplishment. That's an awesome thing. I'm so happy I've been married to my wife for 15 years. And uh, by now, 15 years in, I know what makes my wife happy. She's had a rough day or I've done something wrong, and I need to make amends. What do I do? I know how to please my wife, and that is cookies. My wife loves cookies, and she has two specific kinds of cookies she really likes. She loves no-bake. You know, you take the oats and the melted chocolate and peanut butter, and you mix it all in, and you spoon it. I hate those things, but my wife loves them. She loves a good no-bake cookie, and she also loves this, uh, this cookie called a Mexican hot chocolate cookie, and what it does is it's like a chocolate cookie, but you roll it in some cinnamon and sugar, it makes a little spice in it. Mm, it's delicious. She loves Mexican hot chocolate cookies. And so I know I need to please my wife. I need to make her happy. I know exactly what I do. I make chocolate cookies. We know the list. We know the list of how we please God, right? We don't curse. We're not taking his name in vain. We're being true and honest. We're being spiritually pure about our sexuality. We know the list of things that please God. God. We don't have to spend a lot of time on that. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, one of the other things it says in order to be faithful, we live a holy life. Again, that same list. We know what it means to live a holy life. We know the things we have to do. We could spend time on that, but the truth is you know. You know the things you're doing that make God happy, and you know the things that displease God. First, I'm sorry, 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 4. I want to spend just a little bit of time here. He says, Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith and all your persecutions and trials you are enduring. And this is the tough one, guys. Paul says, In order to be faithful, you have to endure. Jesus, in some of the last words he said to the disciples, on the very night he was crucified, said this, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. 
Jesus outlines it for us. Your life will be hard. It will be full of trouble. You better be ready. You better know that's coming. When you get up there and you say, I take Jesus as my Lord and Savior, you better be ready to mean that because it's going to be hard. Are you ready to endure that hardship? Jesus, talking in another verse, says that narrow is the path and difficult, and very few people find it. We are called to a life of hardship. And at that point, I want to ask, why? Why do I want to be faithful to God? Thessalonians outlines this as well. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Our God is faithful. He has set the example for us. Our God has made promises to us. He has told us he will call us his children. We will live with him forever if we're faithful. He is faithful. He is promise keeper. He will keep his word. Because our God is faithful, we have the responsibility to be faithful. Our God is just. 2 Thessalonians 1, 6 says, God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to those who are troubled and to use it as well. This is what will happen when Jesus returns from heaven in blazing fire with powerful angels. Our God is coming back. He made that promise. He's coming back. He will be faithful. But when he comes, he will be just. That's a scary, scary thing. If you didn't mean what you say, say what you meant. If you're not faithful, our God promises he will judge us. He will come and separate the sheep and the goats, those who are called by his name, his children, those who are not. And we know where those who are not go, to the place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, the place we call hell. Scary place, unless you're faithful. God calls you to be faithful because he's faithful and he's just. But the most important reason, guys, is that our God loves us. Our God loves us with a love that is unimaginable. 2 Thessalonians, I'm sorry, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 15 through 17 said, May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good word and deed. Our God loves us so much that he left perfect heaven, a place, a place where there's no pain, no pain, no sorrow, no death, no destruction, no decay, no evil, no sin. God left that place to come down to earth, to live amongst us covered in our sin, to live amongst us, covered in our sin, yet never to sin, and then to die that death on a cross to pay for our sins. That's how much our God loves us. He's faithful. He's just. He's coming back because he loves us. I'm reminded of a movie. You've probably seen it. It's called Hachi. And if you haven't seen the movie Hachi, it's a very quick, it's about this dog. This man adopts this dog and, and he, uh, the dog walks with him every day to work to the train station. And the dog will stay at the train station and wait for his owner to come back. And every night he's there. 
Hachi, waiting for his owner. Then one day, his owner goes off to work, and he dies of a heart attack while at work. But Hachi, Hachi stays. Hachi refuses to leave the train station. No matter how bad things get, how scarce the food got, how difficult the winters, he stayed faithful until his death. I want to watch just a short clip of the movie Hachi very quickly. done, Zach, good and faithful servant. Well done. Will you, will you join me in waiting in faithfulness for our Savior to return and call you by name? Will you? Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry, or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.